Well, this morning I want to talk about getting our focus right. And uh, right now we're being encouraged to focus on a whole lot of things. But I really think God is wanting us to focus, narrow that focus down. And so I want to talk about that here this morning. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Hebrews 12, uh, 1 to 4. Hebrews 12, 1 to 4. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion, who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not given your lives in your struggle against sin. May the Lord add his blessing to his word and to our hearts. And may he speak to those words to us today. Well, this morning I want to share with you about getting your focus right. Right now, we're living in a time where there are so many messages bombarding us. And if we listen to all of them, we can find ourselves focusing on the wrong things that can cause us to chase all kinds of rabbit trails and just lead us into circles and really get us nowhere. And I'm really finding it interesting, sometimes humorous, that everybody's becoming an expert at this time. And, of course, you know, we're experts because we now have the Internet and social media. And, of course, everything that is there is true. Not really. I also find it amazing that Christians are becoming divided as well. Not just our communities and our nation, but Christians are as well. And that we're even seeing some actual new churches are forming. But they're forming because of protest and rebellion against the government. And personally, I don't think that foundation is a very good foundation, and that foundation will not last very long. I also find it interesting how many Christians are looking for the devil in everything. And sometimes, you know, it's good to be mindful of what's taking place around us and even spiritually, but sometimes we can get on a devil chase. And we're looking to see where the devil is and where he's going and what he's doing. But then when you talk to those same people, what's God doing? All they have an answer is really more doom, more despair, and they really don't know what God is doing in these days. That kind of reminds me, you saw a post that I put on there from uh, an old Christian rock band called Petra. And uh, back in the days when they did back masking, and and that was uh, putting a a message on a record, if it was played backwards, and I figured, well, who plays a record backwards? But anyway, that was done. And uh, such pe- groups like the Beatles uh, did that. Well, anyway, this uh, Christian rock group, they decided to do the same thing. And I was visiting this uh, uh, guy who, uh, one day, and uh, he was really into music. He said, hey, pastor, you got to listen to this here. And he, he spun the record backwards and heard the words very, very clear. What are you looking for the devil for when you should be looking for the Lord? And I want to tell you, I really believe that's the word of the Lord for people right now. To stop focusing on what everyone else is saying and getting caught up in all these debates and opinions and to start finding out what's God saying? What's God doing? 
What are we looking for the devil for and all these things that are happening in our world right now when we should be looking? What's God doing? What's God saying? And I really think that is a word of the Lord to us. Now, I do realize it's easy to get caught up with all the debates going on right now and I have some pretty strong opinions myself about things that are going on that I'm not overly impressed with. But I notice as I start to dwell on those things, I can get angry, I can get critical, I can get judgmental, and I don't want that for my life. And I don't think that's the kind of atmosphere that I'm going to hear from God if I have those kind of thoughts and attitudes in my heart and in my life. And so I, I push away for that. I, I turn off the news. I, I've been deleting social uh, media posts that are spreading controversy and fear because I want to hear what God has to say. You know, and that's an important thing for us as Christians at all times, not just when life gets hard or difficult, but in all times. The message is to the churches in the Revelation. Does it not warn every church to be listening to what the Spirit of God is saying. And I think that's so very, very important. When we only listen to what the world is saying, it can get us frustrated and it can cause some reactions that really, if we're honest, aren't really all that good. And all we have to do is, you know, look at society today and see the reactions uh, of people. And what do we see? We see anger, we see uh, criticalness, judgments, confrontation, uh, confrontations, uh, divisions, uh, and as we see all of that, we even see it in the church, even amongst Christians. And I want to point out something to you. Are any of those part of the fruit of the Spirit? And you'll quickly realize, that, no, they're not. Because the fruit of the Spirit, what we're supposed to be showing, is love and joy and peace and long-suffering and, and patience and all those kinds of things. And I think that we would take time to examine the fruit It'll help us get back to what we really should be focusing on. I can tell you when I pursue God, I quickly feel peace. I feel love. I feel hope. I feel excitement for what God has in store for me, for my church, for this region, for this nation. In the midst of people sharing their doom and their despair and their judgment, I'm sensing something totally different. I'm sensing that God is up to something. I'm sensing that things are going to turn around. I'm sensing that something good is on its way. I'm sensing that there's a harvest of people who are going to come and turn their lives over to Jesus Christ. And that's what happens to me when I start to focus on God. I really sense an excitement of what God is about to do. And I'm starting to see that uh, Beautiful conversations with people over these last uh, three weeks or so and just opportunities to talk to people with, about God. And they've just been coming one after the other and just seeing uh, people come to faith in Christ, new people talking about the church, recommending the church. And, and that's some pretty exciting things. There's an excitement in me for what is to come. And we get that when we start focusing on God. When we start making him the, the, the center of our interest and our activity. And that's something that Jesus tells us really should be our, our normal activity anyways. Matthew 6, says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. 
Make the kingdom of God your primary concern. Seek first the kingdom, his righteousness. That really does need to be our focus. Matthew 22, 37, 38, the, uh, the first commandment, Jesus said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. So it's really telling us that our focus really does need to be on the Lord. I really believe that God is trying to remind us right now during this uncertain season to keep looking up. Keep looking up. And he tells us that because redemption is drawing nigh. There's going to be the return of Christ soon. And he tells us, keep looking up. That's where the focus needs to be that we might always be ready. And so to get that focus of all the drama that is going on right now, let us turn to him. And let us look to him and seek him to say, God, what are you saying at this time? And as you hear what heaven is saying, then let your focus, let your center of interest and activity be upon that. And that's basically what this passage in Hebrews is talking about. It's talking about us to get that focus back on God, to focus on him, to get that proper focus again. And, and that's what I want to do here this morning, just to look at this passage that it might help us to get our focus right. So first of all, we need to get our focus right by focusing on people of faith. You know, we all know, or we should know, that those who we hang around with or who we go to in times of trouble or with issues of faith, those people make a difference in our lives. And we do need to go to people of faith, that we might be encouraged in faith. If you're going to people that, you know, don't care about faith, then you know what? They're going to just keep pulling you down. You need to be hanging around people that are going to build you up in the faith. Hebrews 12, 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. And I love this passage as it reminds me there's a huge crowd cheering us on in the faith. It gives us a picture of a stadium full of people encouraging us in the faith. Now, I realize that most of us never think of that when we're going through trials. We kind of think we're all by ourselves and that nobody notices or nobody cares. And the Bible's remind, listen, there is a stadium of people, uh, of angels, of the heavenly hosts that are watching you and that are cheering you on. Now, some of those people may be people who have gone on before us, uh, people maybe that we didn't even know, but they were the people that brought God, the gospel to our communities. Some were those people who built our churches and touched the life of a person that maybe led us to the Lord or helped us to come to a particular church. There were the prayer warriors who prayed over our communities and people who supported the work of God long before we were even born, that we were given the opportunity to know Christ. I believe they're part of the cheering crowd. They did a lot of work. Sometimes they didn't get to see the blessings and to see the increase that came, but they started the work. Those people are important, and they're encouraging. They, want to see, they did that so that they could see you and I in a church today serving the Lord Jesus Christ and giving our lives to him. So that's important. They're still cheering us on. Now, some of the people have passed on. They've died in heaven. Some of us have parents in heaven. Some of us have grandparents in heaven. And you know what? I think they're still praying for us. I don't think they stopped their prayers. 
I, I think maybe as they're in the presence of Jesus, which the Bible says, absent from the bodies to be present with the Lord, I can guarantee you they're not just sitting there, but they're talking to Jesus and saying, you know what, my son's still there. I, I believe they're still praying. They're encouraging us on in the faith. I really do. Now, some of us have also been, had the blessing of being brought up in a Christian home. Or some of us have even had the blessing of being brought up in a heritage of many generations that have served the Lord. And they all serve as witnesses that form a crowd that's cheering us on in the faith. Maybe you can think of your grandmother or your grandfather. Maybe you can think of your mom or, or your dad that has passed on. Maybe a brother or a sister. I think they're encouraging you. They're, they want to see you go forward with God. And then there are the angels who in themselves would fill a stadium. And the Bible tells us that there's great rejoicing in heaven every time one person comes to faith in Jesus Christ. So that tells me heaven's watching. Heaven is indeed watching that they would all celebrate when a person comes to faith in Jesus Christ. So the Bible is reminding us that, that, listen, there's a crowd that's watching you. There's a stadium of people watching you. And you need to be encouraged by that. Now, I realize that some people that came to Christ and they're the first one in the family that have come to Christ and, and maybe they think, well, I already don't have a very big crowd to be watching me. You do. Because the angels are watching. Other Christians that have prayed, that have gone on before you, that have been praying over this area. I think of this whole area of how prayers have been, uh, for generations have been prayed over this area that we would come to know God. And so there's been many people like that. There are witnesses out there wanting to encourage you and to help you. What we got to be careful of is staying away from those people that will discourage us or those people that will tempt us to sin, to do wrong. 1 Corinthians 15, says, bad company corrupts good character. And that's so very, very true. Uh, don't be fooled that bad company is not going to influence you or affect your life with God. And that's a mistake many, many Christians make. They began to hang around with the wrong crowd, and soon they're far away from God. Friends, I want to tell you something. You need to keep focusing on the people of faith who are there to encourage you. Now, I realize that maybe you don't know any of those people. Maybe you're brand new in the faith. You're the only one in your family that has come to faith in Christ. I want to tell you, you're still not alone. The Bible says, Jesus himself says, be sure of this, verily I say unto you, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Matthew 28, 20. That's what Jesus wants to get across to us. Before, as he ascends to heaven, that's the final message. Listen, I want to tell you something. I am with you. And if you ever feel alone, he is with you. So never believe that lie that you're ever alone because he's with you. So let's heed this encouragement and respond that it's time to focus on people of faith who are around us and people who have gone on to be with the Lord, to, to just to have that in their minds that there's a crowd that's cheering us on. There really is. Heaven is cheering you on. People around you are cheering you on. People you don't even know have been praying for you.
That's cool, isn't it? Second thing to getting our focus right, we need to focus on the weights that hinder us, that slow our growth and keep us from our potential. Uh, Paul obviously liked the, the Isthmian Games, very much like the Olympic Games, the Greek Games. Uh, so there's a lot of imagery in uh, his passages when he speaks. And he says, again, verse 1, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. You know, it's just like in the natural where weights can hinder an athlete from doing their best performance. So it is in the spiritual sense. Weights in the spiritual sense are sins and areas that we've been tolerating bad behavior in our lives. Sins slow us down. They prevent us from being effective as we should be. Those sins can also trip us up and make us fall, further hindering our spiritual walk and effectiveness. I think it's time as Christians we really take sin seriously. That even the small stuff, because small stuff that's not dealt with becomes big stuff. And so we need to be careful of that. And I really believe that we are in a season where God is exposing sin in the church. I've really been seeing that. There's been, uh, over these last few years, you've seen a number of large leaders uh, of huge churches being exposed because... They've been doing things they shouldn't be doing. And, but that's happening also in the local churches where God is dealing with people in the church and exposing things where people are, are, are doing things in secret. And it is time to deal with our sin. It is time to, to deal with those things before we're exposed. And that, that's kind of a good incentive right there that do you want to be exposed? Of course not. So God's given us that opportunity. It's time to make things right. And I believe there's also going to be exposing of all the lies and the deceit that is going on in our world right now. And so hang in there. God will bring people to account. You don't need to get overly concerned about it. God's going to deal with it, and God's going to expose it. He really will. Our focus needs to be on ourselves first. Now, I also should add that not all hindrances are sinful. Sometimes it's activities uh, that we get involved in or just simple things like a hobby that we get involved in that soon it takes so much of our time that we don't have any time left over for God. And so those are the kind of weights in our lives that we need to be dealing on. We need to focus on and say, you know what, I need to strip off every weight that is hindering or affecting my relationship with God right now in a negative way. So we need to deal with those things. We need to give God permission to say, God, search my heart. See if there's any offensive thing in my heart or in my life that's offensive to you. And Lord, change it. Help me to change. Whether that's in actions, whether that's in words, whether that's in thoughts that we're tolerating that we shouldn't be, it really is time to deal with our stuff and get rid of those weights that hold us down. Because I think we're in a time where we need to accelerate, to get busy, to run as time to do our best for God and to deal with every hindrance and weight that is holding us. 1 Corinthians 9, 24, 27, again, that image of uh, the Greek games. Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets a prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. 
So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I might be disqualified. So it really is time to get serious about our relationship with God. Getting rid of anything, sinful or not, that we might do our best for God. So let's get some focusing on what weights do we have that we need to get rid of to do more for God. And then thirdly, we need to get our focus right by focusing on endurance, the power to endure unpleasant or difficult situations without giving up, hanging in there till the end. Hebrews 12, 1 again, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. See, the Christian life is not a sprint. It's a long marathon. It's a long-distance kind of race. And you have to hang in there. You have to put up with the distractions. You have to put up with the pain that life can bring along its way. And every athlete needs to train their bodies to stand the test of a long race. And anyone who's been involved in sports knows the importance of training, being in shape, and working through the pain when you get exhausted in those races. I can look back on my own life. I remember a time, a kind of embarrassing moment for me in our school. Our schools be about the same size as the regional school here in town. And they advertised that there was tryouts for the track team. And so I was out there. I was just kind of watching. I wasn't out to be on the track team. I was just watching them. And so a couple of them said, hey, why don't you try right? See how well you can do. Sure, why not? And so got in those race. I got second in the 100 meters, second in the 400 meters, first in the, high, uh, first in the long jump, first in the triple jump. Uh, it was kind of easy. And so I heard that, you know what, this weekend they're going to be traveling uh, to this small community, a smaller community than ours because ours was just a small community, and uh, we'd be partaking in, in this meet. But, well, no big deal. We're even going to a smaller community. How, you know, well, you don't need to train for that. Just show up like I just did. Well, we did go there. Well, to my, kind of my horror and surprise, I looked out, there was probably a couple thousand people there. I figured, like, what's going on? Royal Bank Olympics. Royal Bank? What's the Royal Bank doing here at a high school event? And anyway, there was all these meets, and you always know, go up there for the first race and participate in there. And then I find out that, uh, well, these are just meets until see if you can make it to the finals. Oh, okay. And so I make it for the, the, the first ones, qualified to go into the second meet, qualified for them to finally go into the finals. Well, by that time, I'm kind of exhausted because I am out of shape. I just showed up. And anyway, we ran that race. I got a fourth. I thought that was pretty good. It was pretty close. So I was getting a third. But I was getting exhausted. Then we had to do the 400. And I believe we ended up getting second in the 400 uh, relay, the relay part. And uh, then, you know, the high jump. Well, by the time I was done that, I couldn't even move. I couldn't even lift up my legs. And so I didn't participate in any of the others. See, we, we didn't have a good gym coach at that time. You know, we, we didn't have a Hank Smith 
that, uh, you know, they, they have it regional, that, you know, gives up so much of his time to make sure that if he's bringing people to something, they're prepared, they know what they're getting into. All those, you can give a clap to uh, Hank Smith there if you've been uh, part of our regional school and part of uh, that training. Well, we didn't have that in the school I went to. Uh, another time we went into a uh, badminton tournament. And in our school, my friend and I, he, he was from India, and we, we, we beat everybody in the whole school. We were the best. And so they sent us to uh, another community to be a part of this. And as my friend and I, we walked in there, we knew right away that we were in deep trouble because, it, again, it was one of those uh, interprovincial championship things. And I figured, like, what are we doing here? Everybody else that was there had, like, four or five Yonex rackets. They all had uniforms. They were all sponsored by these various companies. And, you know, we're just here with our gym shorts and our one racket, you know, like a bunch of hillbillies. And uh, we lost every game. Everyone else in that whole place was Asian, and they just cleaned our clocks like they were really good. We weren't prepared. We didn't have any endurance. We, we weren't getting ourselves in shape so that we could, you know, deal with uh, these others in the sports field. And the same thing happens in the spiritual. If you're not training yourself, if you're not spending time to develop yourself as a Christian to be successful, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make. You're going to stumble. You're going to fall. You're going to trip. I remember one of the girls in our that was doing one of the long races. Again, nobody in our whole thing was really prepared. They passed out in the finals. This, you know, smack into the ground like really bad scene. You got to be able to endure. You got to train yourself. You got to keep praying. Yeah, you got to keep reading the Word of God. You got to keep working with other Christians. You got to be part of a church. You know. Otherwise, when the pain of life comes your way, you're going to have little strength, and you will collapse. There's a lot of Christians that have started the race, and they've fallen out because they didn't stay in shape. They didn't think it was important. They just thought, oh, I showed up, something good happened, and I'm just going to rest on that because, you know, something good happened. No, you've got to work at it. You've got to start training once you come to the faith in Jesus Christ. You've got to get into the Word of God. You've got to start praying. You've got to start being involved in a, a church. You've got to be around other uh, Christian people of faith. And sadly, there's been a lot of Christians that have fallen, collapsed. The pain, the aches was just too much, and they just quit, just stopped doing it. And we need to realize that right now is a time where endurance is needed for the Christian. You got to press into training. You got to press into spiritual exercise, especially when right now we're not meeting in a church. So you're, you're watching from home. You, you got to look after your, your, your spiritual uh, encouragement, that uplifting that you would get from normally going to a church. Now you got to do it for yourself. And that's not a bad thing. We need to be trained up to be doing it for ourselves. But I know many are frustrated, I know many are, are tired. And we got to hang in there because the finish line's in view. You've got to keep the focus. You need to work through all the pain, the, the hurt and offenses, the discouragements, the frustrations that, are come, that come our way. I can tell you that something good is in store. There is a reward far greater than any gold medal or first, second, or third place. God has good things in store for us. And that's what the Bible says, Galatians 6, 9. 
Don't get tired of doing what is good. Because just at the right time, we're going to reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. So this is a time where we really need to be focusing on endurance. And as Jesus often said, not just endurance, but patient endurance. And, and we're, you know, a lot of Christians are really failing on that right now. We're enduring, but we're not doing it patiently. Man, we're just crying all the way. Hang in there. Things are about to change for the good. Then fourthly, we need to get the focus right and be focused on Jesus in times like these. Hebrews 12, 2. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects her faith. Because of all the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. If we ever needed to hear from God, I think it's now. Because we're hearing so many conflicting views that is making people wonder, what is the truth? And, and even in the Christian realm, we're hearing so many different views. And we got to wonder, well, which one is true? Because one side saying this, another side is saying this, and it's just all over the map right now. We need to hear for ourselves what God is saying at this time. And God's Word tells us that our focus needs to be upon Jesus. Not just at this time, but at all times. After all, should it not be on Him? He is the champion. Uh, he is the author. He's the finisher of our faith. He is our Savior who paid the price for our sin. He is the one who sits in authority in heaven. He is the truth, the life, and the way. He is God. And he has a name that's above every other name and is supreme over all creation. There is no one greater than him. Philippians 2, 9 to 11. Therefore God elevated Jesus to the place of highest honor, gave him the name above all other names, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So Scripture is quite clear of where our focus should be on life, and it needs to be on Jesus. There is no one like him. There is no one greater than him. So it should be obvious that we should be looking to him in times like these to hear what he has to say, especially in regards to truth and life. With so much confusion out there, we need to be looking and focusing on the one who speaks truth. John 14, 6, Jesus himself says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. So if you want to know the truth, if you really want to know where you should go or how you should live, then the answer is focus on Jesus. To get a right focus during this time of conflicting information, you need to be focusing on Jesus and hearing his voice and his heart during this time. We need to be focusing on our relationship with him, drawing close to him, that we might be in an atmosphere where we ourselves can hear the Lord speaking into our lives. There's a lot of people right now that are claiming, oh, I heard from God, and they haven't heard from God at all. We, and how are you going to tell the difference? By spending time with God that you hear for yourself. So very important for us right now. Focus on Jesus. Then lastly, in keeping a right focus, we need to focus on not giving up our faith. Hebrews 12, 3-4. Think of all the hostility endured from sinful people 
that you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not given up your lives in your struggle against sin. Now this, as we look at this aspect of not giving up, very sadly we are seeing Christians give up the faith. Even during this time, we're seeing Christians walk away from the faith. And the Bible does tell us that in the last days there will be people, Christian people, that will walk away from the faith. And we need to be on guard against this, that we might not be one of those individuals or those people that walk away. And I realize that sometimes life is hard. Sometimes it can be confusing. Sometimes it can be difficult. There's a cost to being a Christian. And I realize that sometimes it's easier than you think to fall away, than to serve the Lord faithfully every day. And that's why we need to hold on to Jesus, work on our faith during those times, and especially when church is limited to online services, the responsibility comes back to you, which is really where it should be. You're responsible for your faith, not the pastor of the church. You are, and you need to make sure that you build up your faith. Now, I know that weariness and frustration is getting to many people, and persecution, hostility towards Christianity is rising in our world. However, the author of Hebrews points out an interesting fact that we have not given up our lives for the gospel yet. You know, I know in many parts of the world, people are really being persecuted for their faith with imprisonment and death. And yet here in North America, we really don't know what true persecution is. I know we're saying we're persecuted, but, but friends, uh, that's a terrible slight to say to those who really are being persecuted in other parts of the world. Now, I realize that we have some people that have been put in jail, and of course, they're saying, I'm put in jail because I'm preaching the gospel. That's a lie. That's a lie, my friend. They're not in jail because they preach the gospel. They're in jail because they didn't follow the health rules that the government gave. And so, don't be deceived. Don't be manipulated and, and get in the bandwagon that, you know what, we lost our freedoms. We can't preach the gospel anymore. I'm preaching the gospel right now. It's still going out. It may be going out in a different form, but it's still going out. If you want to know what persecution is, well, per real persecution is when your family disowns you, when you lose your job because you're a Christian, when your vehicles and your homes are, are ransacked and your windows are busted out, when you're cursed and you're beaten, when you're put in prison without representation, when you're killed and you're executed and having your head cut off. That's what real persecution is that's taking place in other parts of the world. So we're not really experiencing much persecution. It's pretty minor persecution in our world today, in North America today, I should say. And Jesus reminds us that he himself, what he had to endure, well, he, there was suffering. There was real suffering for him. He endured the brutality of the cross, the beatings, the verbal abuse, the hostilities, the cursing, and all those kinds of things. And he bore it all for you and for me. And he's trying to tell us that's, that's really what persecution is, not what we're experiencing right now. So this is to remind us that what we're going through right now, yes, it's frustrating Yes, there's things that I don't agree with or things that are happening that I'm not in agreement with. But again, that's why I need to keep my focus on Jesus. Keep my eyes on him. 
and get strength from him and to work on my salvation that I might be strong and not weary and not fall away from him during this time. He will help me through my weariness. He will help me to get determined to not give up. As I stay true to him, no matter what comes away, even when real persecution starts coming, giving up won't be an option. We need to press into our faith, get closer to him. And as we do, there will be a harvest. And again, I can't really explain, but I am sensing an excitement of what God is going to do in these coming days. And uh, I've been on some reserves and praying on some of our reserves as I was welcome to come and pray there. And I wasn't sensing what they were sensing. I was sensing excitement. And I told them, I said, you know, this is crazy. I know what's going on here, but, you know, I'm sensing excitement that God is about to do something great and wonderful. And I sense that right here in our church, in our community, in our region as well. God is going to do something. Galatians 6, 9 again. He said, don't get tired of doing what is good. I know that people are. Because at just the right time, there's going to reap a harvest of blessing if you don't give up. Something's going to break open very quickly and will surprise probably all of us. But we're only going to experience it if we don't give up. It's coming. A harvest is coming. So don't give up. So as we close this morning, I hope this message resonates with you, that we are in a season, a temporary one at that, where we need to watch our focus and make sure we're focusing on the right things. Many have chosen to only focus on all the natural things that are happening around us. And we're admitting, omitting, focusing on what God is doing, the spiritual things. I know there's people out there saying, oh, this spiritual thing, that spiritual thing, oh, it's more about rights than anything. We need to be focusing on what's he saying to you at this time. What's God saying to you? Encourage some of those people that maybe are kind of getting lost chasing these other avenues. And ask them, listen, what's Jesus saying to you of late? What's Jesus speaking to you? What's Jesus encouraging you with of late? Because there's a lot of voices out there right now, and you need to learn to be listening for the right voice. And as you do, let me tell you something. There will be fruit that will prove whether you're listening to the right voice or not. Because by your fruit, they will know who you are. And so just think of that. How's your fruit of late? What's your fr- what's, what are you producing from what you're doing? It'll tell you whether or not you're listening to the right voice or not. So I trust you get your focus on the right things and that you experience new thoughts, new visions, new hope for your future and for your world. Focus on what God's saying. You know, we want to have the right focus that we might prosper in all of our ways and that the gospel will indeed touch a world that is actually looking for answers right now. And friends, I I think sometimes they're, they're looking to the church and saying, I'm not listening to those people. All they're doing is complaining and arguing and demanding this and demanding that. I'm looking for someone that has answers for me right now. We want to be that. We want to be that church. We want to be those people that have the right answers for the people that people are looking for right now. And we'll get that if we keep our focus on Jesus, listening to his voice, hearing his voice, and acting on that voice.
So, Father God, as we close here this morning, I pray that, Lord, you would help us with our focus. Lord, I know it's easy for all of us as we, uh, you know, read the news or watch the news or check out social media or talk with people. It can be real easy, Lord, to get sidetracked and start chasing down trails that lead nowhere. Lord, we don't want to waste time. We want to do the things that are important in the kingdom of God right now. And I pray you would help us to do that. I pray for those that, Lord, maybe uh, today are listening and they realize that they've walked away from God. They're not in the place that they should be with God. And so, Lord, I just want to pray for them that today, that, Lord, as they would realize that, that they would come to that place and say, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry. I've missed it. I've been focusing on the wrong things. Forgive me. And, Lord, as they pray that, I know that you will forgive them. And that, Lord, you will help them. You will strengthen them. And you'll help them to walk in the right ways. And so, Lord, I, I pray that. And, Lord, for others of us, that, Lord, maybe we've we just been sidetracked a little bit. God, help us get that focus back on you. Because when we focus on you, there is peace. There is joy. There is hope. We start realizing that there's greater days that are ahead, that, Lord, we don't get so down on ourselves that we have no more hope. We still have hope. And God, I believe you're starting to tell us, get ready for the greatest years of your life. I know, Lord, as I read from other Christians, they're saying, get ready for the worst years of your life. Lord, I don't sense that at all. I sense you're saying, get ready for the best years of your life. The best things you'll ever see happen in the kingdom of God. And so, Lord, we look forward to that. And I pray that, Lord, help us to be ready. Help us to hold on. Help us to keep those right focus that we might experience all that you would have for us in Christ Jesus. Lord, I, I bless your people this day. I bless them, Lord, throughout this week. Lord, and they're coming in and they're going out. I pray protection, uh, Lord, over all that are watching. And I pray that over our communities around us here as well, Lord, that uh, this COVID would go and that people would not get sick. And that, Lord, that there would be a suddenly that would take place that, Lord, just finish this once and for all in Jesus' name. And so, Lord, we recognize as Christians, it's our job to be praying against COVID. It's our job to be praying against sickness and disease that is running rampant in our world today. And so, Lord, we speak against these things in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we command those things to go and for healing to come, for salvation to come, for revival to come, for restoration to come, for prosperity to come into your people's lives once again. So we bless your people out there this week. I pray you would encourage each person, and as they focus in upon you, I pray that you would encounter them in a very fresh way. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you all.